We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. A rather strange thing happened to me. I was really praying about what to bring. And the only word I kept getting was completion. And I thought, I said to God, well, it's no good just standing up saying completion. Complete what? <laughs> you know? And I didn't feel I was getting an answer to that. And so I switched the question to, well, complete how? <laughs> how? What? If, if, you, if you've got people in the congregation this morning that have got unfinished things that they need to see done in their lives, if there's something in the agenda of Lifeline Church that's something unfinished that God wants completed, what's the how? <laughs> How do we go from positions that we may feel are stagnated to a place where we see completion? And, and as always, when you preach these kind of messages, you, you, know, you can point one finger out and all the other fingers point back at you. So I, I feel that I'm learning in this process as well. But what I did realize, as soon as I thought, well, if I'm going to speak about completion, at least I know where to go. And I went immediately to these verses in Zechariah chapter 4. And this is what it says. I'm reading from verse 6. So the Lord said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. Or in some versions, it's grace, grace to it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of the temple. His hands was also completed. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. And just this other little verse, who dares despise the day of small things. So many big things start as small things. You know, and if we despise the day of small things, we could actually be putting to death projects that had actually got huge potential that never gets realized. So when I look at this, what do I feel that God wants to say to us from this? And it seems to me that this context of this, you probably know the context, but you know that they were building the second temple. People were coming back from the exile in Babylon, beginning to repopulate Jerusalem, and they start building the temple. And it just stagnates. They, 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 they have the foundation laid, and it was an incredible moment when the foundation was laid. It said that you couldn't distinguish between the sound of weeping and the sounds of joy. It was like the people that had known the old temple were weeping because they just couldn't believe that God in his faithfulness was raising something up that had been demolished. But there were shouts of joy because, you know, there's a whole new generation that never knew what had gone on before. And this is, wow, this is exciting. This is new. And I feel that God is doing something in these days where where we won't be able to distinguish between the weeping and the shouting. There'll be a generation that are crying because, hey, God is doing it again. And then there'll be another whole generation saying, well, we've never seen anything like this before. And I sense so much that this is what God wants to do. 
And when we were singing earlier about rain and just believing for God to do something, let's really have those expectations high. So I've got that sense in my heart that, that this is a time when, when God wants to see things happening. But what kind of things should we be seeing? If we're looking for a completion, what is it that God wants to do? And like a, a preacher, I dug around until I found three points. Um, I was told by a management company, actually, that most people can only remember three points. And uh, so it's a good marketing tool, really. <laughs> so the three things I want to share with you from this is that we need to bring a spiritual challenge to the mountain. We really need to bring a spiritual challenge to the mountain. And the second thing, so you know in case I get lost what all the points were, that we need to see the emergence of level ground. And I'll explain that to you. But finally, we need to look at what the foundation was and make sure that the capstone, the completion, is compatible with what began. So I think what we're looking for is a completion which is about a continuation without getting sidetracked, without losing what God is doing, to actually take us through to seeing things done that have been on his heart and on his agenda for a long time. You know, one of the things about being a strategist in the kingdom of God is that you can't come up with your own strategy. It'll never work. The only thing that you can do is to try and catch part of God's agenda because that's the only thing that we're going to see work. And so that's our responsibility. What is on God's heart at this time? What is his agenda? What can we do to bring things to completion that he's beginning and we need to see work through in our day? Well, the first thing I see here is that there is a need to bring a spiritual challenge to the mountain. We all know that verse, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. But it's not just something you stick on the wall. It's something that you need to put into practice in your life. There's a reason that that's being said. I think with everything that had gone on before, you know, the leadership had tried the might. They tried the power. And, you know, sometimes things just do not shift. You know, when it talks about faith to move mountains, sometimes we think, oh, well, that would be amazing. But the reality is that nothing else is going to shift that mountain. I've been with people whose, whose dynamism is so strong that I've said to them, you know, if faith doesn't move it, I think you'll find a way to move it anyway. But to be honest, if faith doesn't move it, we must ask the question, did God want it moved in the first place? Because this is what we're doing. And to be honest, it's not my faith that's going to move the mountain. It's my faith in him because he's the one who will move the mountain. And that is just so important to realize that it's a developing trust in the Lord. You know, I've heard lots of sermons where they say, spell faith, R-I-S-K. I've got to the point now where I just want to spell it T-R-U-S-T. Well, I just want to trust the Lord more and see what he's doing and be part of that. So we need to be in a place where we can speak to some of the obstacles that are in the way of the things that we want to accomplish, which means that to some extent you've got to define what they are. And one of the things I'd want to say to you is that many people don't get the job done because they're trying to climb a mountain that really needs to be moved. And that takes a little bit of discernment. You know, we're all very good at actually saying, I will struggle, I will fight, I will get there somehow. But you know, sometimes we just need to back off from that and say, this isn't going to shift by my strength and my might. It's only going to move by the Spirit of God. And sometimes God puts in an extraordinary position where he's saying, you need to speak to that mountain. And I'll tell you why we need to speak to the, these mountains. It's because if you don't speak to them, they are speaking to you. 
Some of the obstacles that get in the way of our lives, they speak to us every day. They undermine our confidence. They say, you won't be able to do this. You won't be able to come that. You won't be able to see that happen. And you just need to see at times that there's these obstacles in the way. You know, I remember when I was looking at mobilizing people into evangelism, and I love the story of that great banquet. You know where they sent out and people all declined the invitation and they sent out again and still no one accepted the invitation. And then it says, go out into the highways and the byways and bring them in, and suddenly the whole place was full. And I love preaching on that. I thought it was a great point that when you go out for the, the, the poor and the lame and the blind, you'll get people in. And I love that because God has come to choose not the, the wealthy and the rich necessarily, but the, the, the ones that are left out. But I realized I was leaving a verse out in that whole story. And it is before they actually filled the place, they had to send out an army to deal with the situation. And I thought, how did I miss that? And so now if I'm being asked to sort of mobilize people for an evangelistic campaign and I, I still have to do that, I do that for the Billy Graham organization and some of the others and they whip me off around the world to say, come on, mobilize people for the campaign. But I realize now that if there's not a, a prayer strategy where we're dealing with strongholds, we're not actually going to get the breakthrough that we believe for. And sometimes it's a case of, am I going to identify that stronghold? That thing that I've been trying to overcome, that I've been trying to climb over, is it time to stop the might and the power and the sweat and the energy and start speaking to this thing that's constantly speaking to me? Speaking failure, speaking discouragement, speaking impossibility, and actually start speaking to it. <laughs> and, and do exactly what it says here. What are you, mighty mountain? Question it. What is this thing? You know, sometimes we just missed it because we've got no perspective. There's a verse in Song of Solomon which talks about it's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. And sometimes we've got an impression in our mind that if, if the little fox is behind our back, it's turning into a monster. And we just need sometimes just to think, that thing that seems so huge, we can deal with it. We can see it for what it is. The enemy is great at magnifying things. And sometimes we're daft enough, you know, to take such a, a position where we're actually sort of trying to eyeball the devil, whereas in fact, you know, we're not meant to be lying on the ground looking in, in the dust. We're meant to be standing up so that he can be under our feet. And so there's a whole realm of spiritual authority here that we need to get hold of. We need to get hold of it in our personal lives. We need to get hold of it in our church lives. And just ask yourself, what is the mountain that's speaking to me? And isn't it time that I spoke to that clearly in the name of Jesus and saw that move? And this is what it is. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Now, I believe this idea of level ground is something that we need to get hold of. I believe that very often we've got this concept that everything in the Christian life is meant to be a struggle. <laughs> but there's a sense in which godliness with contentment is great gain. And I think one of the things that God wants to bring to us is a sense of contentment. There is a rest that we're meant to know in the Lord Jesus. I remember years ago when I was church planting in Bromley, this is probably nearly 50 years ago actually, uh, I used to go and visit this old brethren elder because I realized that we were coming onto his patch He'd been working that patch for years, and, and we were going to start doing door-to-door -door visiting and everything else. And I went to see him, and he was incredibly gracious. 
But he always had one of these block calendars on the wall with the verse for the day, you know, these thick things. And his last point every time I met with him was to rip off the one for the day and give it to me. But he always gave it to me in such a way I felt he was saying, and this is the word of the Lord for you, young man. Take it and read it. And it, it probably wasn't. It was just the one that was for the day. But I, I remember on one occasion he, he ripped it off and gave it to me and I looked at it and it said, the servant of God will not strive. And I thought, I think he's getting at me, this old brethren elder. <laughs> I think he's, who is this young whippersnapper on my patch who's trying to do this, that and the other? And I just felt convicted and realized that actually that there is a time when the Lord just says, look, you know, I open the doors. You don't have to kick them in. <laughs> that I, I can do these things. And I know we have to be careful because another time he ripped one off, the, off, off his little block and gave it to me and said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And then I looked at the context of it and I realized that Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the Lord said, why are you standing here? Lift up your rod and go forward. So I thought, there is a time for action. <laughs> There's also a time for rest. But I do believe that we need to realize that there are times when God wants us to see level ground. And I, I, I want to say this to Lifeline. I believe that God is saying that to you as a church, that there are mountains that you can speak to and level ground that God will bring you onto. What does it mean to be on level ground? It actually means things that have been a struggle in the past become easier in the present and become more achievable for the future. And I really believe that, you know, as you take some spiritual authority in some situations, you're going to discover level ground. And I think you'll discover that in your own lives too. You know, I know we mature when we're, we're, when we're pressurized. But there are also times when we achieve more when we're not having to fight for everything. And I think we need to see more things being achieved. So this is what I'm picking out. <clears throat> I just had that word completion and I'm thinking, well, Lord, how do we come to completion? And it seems that there are mountains that we're going to have to speak to. Not by might, not by power, not by striving, but trusting the Lord and seeing a breakthrough. And then we can also say, that God wants us to come onto that level ground where things move easily, where this can be a season for greater ease. Some of you don't know this, but I had chronic fatigue for about six years and it was a real problem. Uh, the way I got over it in the end was I was involved in a car crash, praise God, because in the end uh, I was in such a bad state from the whiplash that the insurance company paid for me to have a course of physiotherapy. And I'm one of those few people who got out of chronic fatigue through a graded exercise program. And I must admit that <laughs> I so do not want that chronic fatigue back that I've kept that exercise program going for years now. <laughs> I still run every day. I'm the only person in the world, my wife says, who still uses the exercise bike every day. It doesn't just sit in the corner, it gets used. All these floor exercises they gave me, I still do them every day but I just don't want that chronic fatigue back. But I know that when I came out of it, a certain African church leader said to me, what did you learn in all of that? And I thought, oh my goodness, what did I learn? It took me a while to work out what I had learned. But what I had learned in the end was, if it's not moving, don't push it. And I realized that so much of my life in church leadership had been trying to push the things that weren't moving. And I felt there was virtuous in that, you know. And God is actually sometimes saying to us, look, if you want to see where my agenda is, see what's moving. See what's moving. 
Get behind it. Get the momentum there. Otherwise, you could end up with your own strategy that's not going to work. But the final thing I wanted to say to you this morning on this is that there's an important point here. And I don't think it's just about personalities. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hand will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. I think there's something about the capstone and the foundation stone and the interconnectivity between the two of them that is really, really important. You know, you can have change of leadership in a church, but what we're talking about is, is not a, a continuation of leadership. We're talking about a continuation of vision, a continuation of commitment. What was the foundation when this ministry was laid? Because the capstone needs to match the foundation stone. If we're talking about completion, we want to see a completion of what God began. I've often thought about that verse where it says God is committed and he is able to complete that which he began. You know that verse? Beginning of one of Paul's letters. But he's not committed to completing what he didn't begin. <laughs> he's only complete, committed to completing what he's begun. <laughs> Things that were your initiative, your bright idea, he's not committed to completing that. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's only the Omega to that which he is the Alpha. <laughs> And when you look at what God is doing in this place, there's definitely an alpha that was laid down at the beginning, an agenda that God gave. This church didn't grow like this out of nothing. It grew out of a passion and a vision that was relevant and right. Someone catching hold of God's agenda at that particular time and seeing that agenda come into fruition. As we're talking about completion, and it may just be a completion of a phase or a completion of a project, it's an opportunity to say to ourselves, are we still on the same track or are we trying to complete in a way that it didn't begin? And I think that's true in our own individual lives too. You see people whose Christian walk started well and then they wander off in some crazy direction having got distracted. We need to realize that God is saying, when we complete, it's got to be completed in a way that matches the way that it began. And then when that, that completion moment comes, I know that in the NIV it says, God bless it, God bless it. But I love the way that same phrase is translated in the King James, which is grace, grace to it. Because in the end, this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's not about our effort. It's not about our might. It's about the grace of God and what the grace of God can complete. And to be honest, if something starts in grace and ends up in works and striving, it's not a completion. It's a distraction. So I want you just to take this. It's, I, I know this isn't a particularly profound word. I preached somewhere a few Sundays ago, and when I finished, they said, well, that was simple enough. So I thought, OK, great. <laughs> I don't mind how simple it is, because I know for some of us, this could be a life-changing moment this morning. Uh, and I know there's a limit how many, you know, have you been in these conferences where every session is meant to be a life-changing moment? Sometimes I think, how many times has my life got to change in the course of a week? But <laughs> I think for some of us, it, it could be a moment this morning when we just say to ourselves, is there something that I've been struggling with and struggling with and struggling with? And I've never actually seen it in that context 
that this is me striving. <laughs> it's me trying to shift it in my might and shift it with my power. But the Lord says, that's not going to work. And if we're real, we, we know it's not going to work because it hasn't worked for the last however long we've been pushing it. But he's saying, my spirit. By my spirit. And that thing that's speaking to you and undermining you and saying, it can't be done, it won't be done, it'll never be done. You can turn around and speak to it in the name of Jesus. And say, you will shift. You will shift. Because in the end, this isn't about me. It wasn't about Zerubbabel, was it? It was about completing the work of God. Zerubbabel was just someone who'd caught the vision. But actually to see the vision completed, he had to speak to the obstacle. You know, we live in a day when people's lives are being messed up. There's something speaking to them that says, you're not good enough. Kids facing social media constantly making them think that they're not as great as everyone else. People ending up with anorexia and all kinds of things. And Sometimes we just need to speak to those mountains because they're speaking to us. They're speaking to us. And sometimes we need to speak back and say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> you know, I might not match up to, to Ken or, or something like that, or Barbie, but hey... <laughs> They were just plastic anyway, weren't they? But I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Speak back to the mountain. I am an overcomer. And you don't have to prove it by slogging up the same mountain. I am an overcomer in Christ. Speak to the mountain, whatever it is. Some of you have got challenges in your, in your marriage. Speak to the mountain. You know, don't, don't give up on the relationship. Remove the block. <laughs> Speak to the mountain. And let's believe that God can bring us into level place. I'm not saying, you know, claim the level ground by, by faith. I've, I've, you know, I've been in too many of those situations. You know, when, when someone who's got a cold, they say, please God, I haven't got a cold anymore. And I think, well, bless you for standing in faith, but... I'd like to see the evidence. <laughs> and I think some of us are in a place right now where we want to see the evidence. You know, we can claim it's easy, we can claim there's contentment, but God wants to bring the reality of that into the situation so that things can move more easily and bring a freedom into your life and into what God is doing in this place. And then the reality of not getting diverted along the way. <laughs> Making sure that the capstone is going to actually be fitting for what was the foundation stone. Not getting off on a different tangent, but saying, this is it. It may mean that you have to come back and think, what is the foundation stone? Because a lot of things get built over the years, don't they? We put the windows in, we put the doors in, we've done this, we've done that. But what was the foundation stone? Because the capstone's got to match it. If the foundation stone was laid with weeping and joy because there was a realization that God is doing something fresh, let the capstone be the same. 
so that we can shout grace, grace to it. So I'm going to pray. And I want you to join with me in your heart. You know, it says in the word of God that if two of us are agreed, so I'm agreeing with you this morning. If you want to see something move, I'm agreeing with you that that mountain doesn't have to keep speaking to you, that you can speak to it, that it's no longer a case of striving, but a case of seeing God bring some level ground so that we can see his purposes fulfilled. And we're going to hear shouts of grace, 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 when God brings the completion. Lord, we just bow our heads before you this morning. It tells us in your word that you're committed to completing that which you've begun. And Lord, we look at the things that you've begun in our lives and we're saying, Lord, we, we are going to look for that completion. And we want the completion to come with shouts of grace, grace to it, because we haven't been diverted or haven't gone off track. Lord, some of us have got mountains that we need to speak to because they've been speaking to us for far too long. Lord, give us the grace today. As we say, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And some of us can just say it almost just like a shibboleth that slips off our lips. But we want to say that from our heart today. Lord, with that spiritual authority you've given to us, we speak to the obstacles and say you will become a plain because the Lord's work demands that things go forward with ease and this is a season for things going forward. So Lord, we just bow before you. Lord, in the next few moments, just while we're quiet, just bring to mind those things that we need to speak to and shift. And we thank you, Lord, for silencing the voice of those mountains in our hearts and in our minds so that we can know and see clearly what you want us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.